This morning's message, um, I, I hope that I can uh, get it across. There are things that usually I preach pretty much concerning just about everything that kind of um, comes into my life where I, I feel the Lord is wanting to address this and speak to this and you experience before the people experience. You know, I've heard it said the pastor has to eat it before he can serve the meal and, and, and all this. And, and sometimes, well, just about every time. That's why I hide behind that cross. I feel so unworthy and in the inability to do this. Um, but today or this morning, um, last week has just been one of them weeks for me. Uh, one of the ones I, I hope I never have to go through again, but I probably will. It's just, just the way it is, and it's the times that we live in. And so there is like a, and I always look at myself as kind of not an emotional person. I don't know if that's true anymore, uh, but I, I really do. I try to be a steady, firm on the wheel and, and all these sort of things that I think that I'm, I'm supposed to be. Uh, last week was a diffy. It was difficult. It was hard. And so out of that and out of these emotions and various things that uh, uh, leading up to that week, I've tried to put this in a message. And I know kind of what, obviously what I want to say, whether I get it across to you and you understand, I'm not sure. And we'll just trust the Spirit of God for that. All right, here we go. And, and I want to say on top of it, Billy Graham, one of the greatest voices for the gospel, decides to go home to be with the Lord. I mean, 99, really? Did you have to go home? <laughs> so, but I don't know about you, and I know he's 99, and obviously I understand all that kind of stuff. But to me, you know, a preacher, I'm like, oh, man, Lord, we lost another tremendous voice uh, across the land. That's why I'm asking our young people to sit up straight and pay attention. God can be calling. Almighty God can be calling you. All right, so out of that comes this. Here we go. Leviticus 1, starting with verse 4, it says this. The ways of Zion do mourn, because none come to the solemn feasts. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Then it goes on, verse 5 says, Her adversaries are the chief now. They seem to be in charge. They seem to say what's going on. Her enemies prosper, for the Lord hath afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. Now, I want to read that again, but I want to read it again in the New Living Translation, just for a little more clarity. It says this again in verse 4, The rose to Jerusalem are mourning. For crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. Now, the tribute to Billy Graham, I think, was awesome. But those crowds no longer come. For whatever reason, at that moment, at that time, anointed, Lord was moving upon our nation, and I hope he does it again so much. But that's what that's saying. Man, I remember when they would pack it out. I remember when you'd go like this, not to watch Jordan or LeBron, but to hear the Word of God when they would come. It says, so the roads to Jerusalem and church this morning, the crowds no longer come to celebrate. 
The city gates are silence. All this stuff going on, all this crazy, insane stuff. It doesn't seem like anybody in the world or anybody who knows or these positions we elect them to have any idea. Have any idea. The city gates are silent. Her priests groan, pastors, preachers. Her young women are crying. How bitter is her fate. So that, those routes to Jerusalem, once packed with pilgrims going up to the temple to participate in all the various functions that they did, are now completely deserted. Kind of a lot like our churches are. We have plenty of room for cars today and people in the house of God. We just do. Verse 5 says, Her oppressors have become her masters, and her enemies prosper for the Lord has punished Jerusalem for her many sins. Her children have been captured. Have our children been captured? And have been taken away to distant lands. Now, the, the part that stuck out to me was her priest's sigh, groan, is what that means, in pain or grief, or like, my God, what's going on? What's going on, Lord? And so after my week and the various things, and I'll share some a little bit with you here just in a second. But before that, leading up to the Olympics, I was asked if you wanted to, you know, do a little ad and throw the, something in there about the, uh, the Lord and the gospel and all that kind of stuff. And I said, sure, I, I, I will. And, you know, you sign a contract, you commit to this money and... I knew when the hours were to be, and when they gave me the hours, I don't know what they are when they're on, I threw it away, but there are various hours that you say your time, your vacation, not vacation, your ad will be at played at this time, and with the kind of money that we can afford, I don't know who saw it, probably 2 a.m., 3 a.m., quarter after never getting up time, or whatever, you know, maybe you did. But uh, what I went through, I was sitting there watching the Olympics, and I was weeping, and it was after midnight, and I'm seeing all the ads, not ours, and I wasn't supposed to, I knew that. It just came out, and I typed this letter. I said, I've watched a good bit of the Olympics, but I've only seen the 30-second ad twice, which is not important, and I told her that. And I have never seen the longer ad, which is way more important. The longer ad is when I talked about the Lord and the vision that's coming, and only God can help. And Has anybody seen the long one? One. Seriously, two? You saw the long one. I don't even know what the long one is. A minute? Three? <sighs> So I've, that's what I said. I have seen other local ads over and over. While I'm sitting here writing this letter, I'm watching the same ad over and over. So I'm a bit discouraged and disappointed. I have seen one local ad at least a dozen times. Our ad is the only one offering hope in this dark country we live in. And I have yet to see it once. And this is why all this came forth. This week alone, I have been called to the bedside of a lifeless body of a young man who has OD'd. And I find myself in the ER with a total stranger trying to talk to about 
Christ in his ear. Just last Friday night, I received a call asking me to meet with the West Bus Kingdom football team early Saturday morning to console and pray with the boys after learning of a teammate who took his young life, who ate two meals with us right here. Hearing from my son-in-law, who's a principal at Maysville, contacted me. I think it was that same day and told me that he had a sophomore go out in the woods behind her house and hang herself. All these deaths are senseless in our community. Must stand up and be heard. Sent. Off it went. You know, sometimes you just vent, doesn't really know, pay attention who's listening. She sent me a nice reply, nice technical answer. And what I was telling you, I understood. Your ads are going on when they're supposed to. And, and it was real nice. And it, She's right. She's totally right. Please understand that. And I agreed with it, and I signed it, and we paid her. I know all that. I'm just telling you where I was. I understand, I wrote back. I understand the contract and the cost of certain primetime spots, but I cannot help but wonder what it's going to take before we can start if we can start ignoring the bottom line for the sake of our community. I was sighing and groaning and crying over all these senseless deaths. In our area, right here in our own town, these young lives. Lamentations 1 says, Behold, O Lord, for I am distressed. My bowels, my emotions are troubled. My heart is turned within me, overthrown, Lord. Feeling like a failure, so helpless. Westmus Kingdom football player. I had my arms around him, spoke to him about Christ. Gave him one of my cards. Oh, Lord, I'm in distress and my bowels and my emotions are overturned within me. Verse 21 says, they have heard that I sigh. You know what that means? That's saying the enemies heard your sigh. They have heard that I sigh. There is none to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad. My heart was broken on that couch, emailing this, weeping, and the enemy was mocking and laughing. The new wine mourneth, Isaiah says, the vine languish. All the merry heart do sigh. Do sigh. And this is what we usually do. Psalms 137 says this. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yes, we wept. We remembered Zion. We hanged up our harps on the willows in the midst thereof. Now, all this week, I believe I've heard sighing all over the land this week. 
I've heard you sigh. I've heard myself sigh. I've heard other pastors sigh, family members sigh, new hope sigh. And the enemy's mocking and laughing. My dear, my dear friends, I'm, I'm visiting them in the hospital now. Pastor Peters, serious heart issues. I'm going, oh, Lord, come on, we need him. Pastor Moore, double pneumonia, Sturman Moore. Double pneumonia, visited him, had a gown up, mask up, put everything on just to go see Pastor. And then I told you, top it off, Billy Graham dies this week. Okay, so now you get a feel from where I'm coming from a little bit, okay? And I'm drier than dirt, and I'm sorry. So, okay. Pretty much sure we all know what blinders are. Many racehorses, trainers, believe this keeps the horse focused on what's in front of them. Encourage him to pay attention to the race and not to be distracted. I said, Lord, I need blinders because I'm getting distracted. Matthew 14, 29 says this, and he said, come. And when Peter come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go see Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. So what are you looking at this morning? The Lord reminded me to get my eyes off the world. Even as far as trying to get help, whether the ad comes on at another time or Bible says, my help comes from the Lord. Bible then tells me who's made heaven and earth. How's that for an ad? Looking backwards, God tells me, does anybody hinders, hinders your progress? And then he told me, remember Lot's wife. Looking at your difficulties, all that does depresses us and hinders us. No, 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 I can never look in the mirror and think, finally, I've come to a point. Look at that hunk in the mirror. I can take that mountain. I can't. I look in the mirror and look totally defeated. Scourge missing in today's believers. Deuteronomy tells us this. Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, this is God speaks to you and I, even though it says Moses is talking to Joshua. We know that, right? This is the word of God. He tells them this, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with these people unto the land, which the Lord has sworn unto thy fathers to give them, that thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Now listen to me. I've tried to be so transparent and let you know where I was and why I was there and the various things that I was going through. And this is what God is saying to me. Be strong and of good courage, for you must go. You must. You must do this so that you can cause these people 
to inherit it, to see Christ. Deuteronomy 21, 23 says this, And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage. This is what new hope must be. This is where new hope must stand up and be strong in the midst of the heartaches. And of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land, which I swear unto them. And God says, I'll be with you in this. Joshua 9 says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Listen, and I was called to that funeral. I didn't want to go. I was called, even encouraged by the mother, to maybe say something at the end. And that's the scripture the Lord gave me. Be strong and of courage. Be not afraid. And I was saying that scripture when I was the very next one to speak. I was saying it over and over and over in my mind. There's nothing but tears and youth everywhere. saying someone has to tell them. Webster says, if you look up words, get an old Bible or an old dictionary, okay? Not new ones. 1913, Webster says, courage means this. It's courage which arises from a sense of duty. Seventeen children died in Florida when a policeman who was armed failed to do his duty. How does that make you feel about him? Does it make your gut sour and your heart turn? I mean, think of it. Kids screaming, guns going off. You got a gun and you hide. What would you do to the man that would hide when that shooting started? The man who was equipped, the person who was equipped for such a day, the man who was trained and authorized to intervene when the shooting started, the man who was armed and on duty, church of the Most High God. You understand, God is speaking, taking me up out of my pit. Not that it didn't hurt, and not when I won't cry again and ache again over what's got to happen and seems to be happening. Here's the answer. Samuel says, or 1 Samuel 30 says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire. That's where David's whole family was. You know, that's how us Christians like to just gather in our own little community. David 
somewhere where really he wasn't supposed to be. He was actually trying to join, I think, the Philistine army. Part of the world. Verse 2 says, And they had taken captive the women and those that were there from small to great. They didn't kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So when David and his men came to the city, and that it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. David and the people who were lift him, with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives and his widows, all of them had been taken. So it's, while David and his men were to the north, to the north, trying to join a Philistine army, their own city, Ziglag, was unguarded. We've left America unguarded. The enemy took advantage of the de defenseless city, attacked it, and burned it to the ground, and laughed and mocked. Bible says David was greatly distressed. I bet. I pray for the policemen that didn't run in there. You think of it. Who's a John Wayne in here? Guns flying, screaming. He froze. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's what the Lord is saying. Nothing has happened that God has not told us and pre-warned us that it would. Nothing. From crazy weather to the spinning out of control society that you and I live in to men in high positions who have no answer. I have been praying for the heart of new hope. David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. At this point, David had nothing more left. I mean, he was despised. Now, you know, there for a while he had the, you know, everyone, he's a leader. Wow, that's David. There goes David. Look, son, there's David, the mighty warrior. Well, that was gone now. Because while he was out doing something he shouldn't have been doing, that which he was supposed to protect was destroyed. So even those army followers, their wives, their children, their homes, lost. Because their great leader, David. No one in Israel could help him. The Philistines didn't want him. The world doesn't want you. 
His family was gone. All that he owned was gone. Even his friends turned against him. Remember, they wanted to stone him. Great David. Saul killed a thousand. You killed ten. Now they wanted to stone him. David didn't weep and wasn't overwhelmingly distressed because everything that he owned was lost. He wept because he knew that he had failed and he was responsible for it. What a spot to be in. But here, we're in the same spot. This is true. Still that week. I'm at Kroger's picking out apples. I'm picking out apples almost mindless of what I'm doing, saying, God, what can I do? I don't know what to do. What is going on? So the idea is God is saying, are you just going to lay around and do nothing? While the enemy mocks and laughs and continues to destroy ruined lives, marriages, children. David strengthened himself in the Lord. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord today in the house of God at this altar. Because I don't know what you're going to have to face. But you can't freeze. You can't freeze. You are armed. When it's happening, you can't go, I just can't say anything. He received strength. He felt it flow through himself. He was bold enough. In my despair, in my heartbreaking and various things I've had to do this last week, my two pastor buddies, um, I don't know what's going to happen to them. I stumbled across something that I never looked for. Haven't looked for it in 15 years, maybe. And it came across my path, a little short clip, and I listened to it. I don't know. I don't even want to exaggerate. I have probably listened to it 30, 40 times because I knew it was God telling me what to do. And it was standing up and fighting. Stand up and fight. And I sent it to Pastor Peters. And I sent it to Major Walters, Sturman, Chuck Gamble, and all of them came back and said, Man, it's exactly what I needed to hear. We are in a time where you must fight. Through your tears, through your heartache, I don't care who's abandoned you. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how much bleeding you're doing. You must stand up and fight. 
you must react properly according to the word of God. And I know that this isn't in you, but God is in you. And he's willing to do this. He didn't need David to do all this, but he did it through David. Before this, David didn't see himself weak. But after coming home to a burned out ghost town, David knew he was weak and needed God. Needed God's strength. After this week, disgusted with all the laws, go and maybe speak to the team five or six minutes, that's all. He strengthened himself. He didn't wait for someone else to strengthen him. He didn't say, well, Lord, if you want to strengthen me, that's fine. I'll just wait here until you do it. So please, you're not going to just sit there and do nothing, right? Like the policeman in Florida. David knew that the Lord's strength was there to those who wait upon him. Those that wait upon the Lord shall mount up. Amen. Isn't that what it says? That's talking about you. That's not you saying that, saying it's talking about you, Pastor. No, that's talking about you. I think when we all come back with the Lord, we'll all be riding in his army, right? Not just pastors. So he strengthened himself in the Lord. God's strength was there for David all the time. But now he finally takes it for himself. I sent that same message to my grandson, Luke. Luke! Make this yours! Learn to fight! This Christianity just can't be your mom and dad's. You cannot still sit there and let the enemy walk all over our schools and addict all our people. Look, I went the route, and I might do that again. I don't know if I have the heart for it. I went the route, the representatives, and all that. I don't know, what are they going to do? All I know is you and I have to get serious in inquiring of the Lord. This can't be your whole duty of it. An hour and a half right now. This can't be your duty. This can't. Not with what's going on out there. Knives found at West Musk Kingdom after the suicide. More knives. Guns. They, I forget what school it was. Maybe not even locally. I don't think it was local. But they did a random locker check. They found two rifles in a, gun, in a locker. David inquired of the Lord. Now listen. So all Liglag is burned, wasted, people gone. Everything's ruined. They want to kill David. And David says to the Lord, What shall I do? Shall I pursue? 
hope shall we pursue? Is this just talking about me or is it talking about us? Shall I try to overtake them? Shall I continue speaking there and going there with opportunities? Should I still witness at Kroger's? Should we still go across the street? And he answered what? Pursue. Go after them. Total annihilation, total destruction. And God said, go. Go get them. Go for it. Go overtake them. That word pursue means to run after. That word pursue means to run after, usually with hostile intent. If I get a hold of you, if I catch you. You're sitting in your house, 11.45 at night, and you hear someone at your door Busting glass, you two little girls are sleeping in their bed, and your little wife in her bed. Are you going to pursue? Or are you going to say, Stop that? Or are you going to say, I wish Pastor was here? Are you going to grab anything you can and drive that intruder out? Guns golf clubs, anything you can get your hand on. You drive him out. This is the heart that new hope has to have. We have to stop praying like sissies. And start praying like warriors. Stop dismissing prayer services. I don't know, I'm tired, it's been a long day. I, I come in the morning. Oh, gosh. I'll, let me take you with me and go to them places with me. When everything in the world stuck in this guy, wife crying on his chest, whole place filled with family, you go in and speak to him. You face the entire Westmouth Kingdom football team and hundreds of students. And tell me you can't be here. Pursue means to climb over. Climb over your stupid schedules. Jump over them. Rearrange them. Get them out of the way so I don't have to come to someone you love and talk in their ear. Put my arm around you as you storm heaven. Matthew 11 says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force.
Don't you wish the policemen in Florida would have taken some violent action? Don't you? Don't you? I mean, even if he'd have just run in there and shot and, and hit a light and it exploded, maybe the guy would have run scared. Don't you wish he would have taken some type of action? Are you hearing the spiritual gunshots going off in our country? Are you running towards them? Because you're armed. Or are you hiding? You're armed. You have more power and potential in you than any SWAT team they can send. Any tank that they can send. You have everything that you need. To take out the enemy, change lives, change hearts. You are armed. But I don't know if anybody wants to fight. Amplified version of that. Scripture, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. Second Kings 6.15, New King James. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Oh my gosh, my master, what shall we do? Three hundred more of them than us. They have tanks and guns and planes. They have money, wealth, and position. The enemy has entrenched himself for 50 years. As we've been asleep, there's way more evil in America than good. What can we do? What can you do? Just had a little clip, and I wasn't even planning on that in the message. I just sat there and thought, man, you ought to say something about Billy Graham. What did that one man do? What can you do? Joshua 23.10 says, One man of you shall chase a thousand. For it is the Lord God, he it is, that fight for you. One. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve thousand people can be sent a fleet flying out of the way. When you twelve do your job, do your duty, because you're armed. One will chase a thousand. We got twelve in this front row. 12,000. Just from the front row. You see why the enemy's going crazy trying to get you to throw in your towel. Trying to get you to just stay saved and you and your own. 
Do you understand? Luke says, I give you power to tread on serpents, serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. God says, I give you power. That power means you have the right to act. You 12, you have the power to act. Just like conceal and carry. State of Ohio has given you the power to conceal and carry in case you have to act. Psalms 91.13 says this, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. You twelve. Means you step on all the evil things that have no power over you, no authority over you, as you walk in the midst of darkness and as you redeem souls. As you go after them and you pick them up and you drag them back across the evil line, back into the arms of Almighty God, telling them about the things of God, washing them off with the blood of Almighty God, and then they stand up erect in their right mind, now serving God. Then they get their act together and they go back walking with you. Now two of you are heading back in there, going after the imps and the devils and the demons who have lied to our people. You. New Living Testament Translation says, You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. When I walked in those places I was called to this last week, I didn't go in there like some mighty man of God. No, I was in there nervous and shaking, sweating, repeating scriptures in my head. So I could be used of God. And you can expect the enemy to bug you. Try to split your family. Try to break your heart. Shake it off. Just like Paul did. Stood up in the midst of that ship and said, Look, souls, 270 souls. This ship might go down. You might spit salt water. But not one of you will die. Tremendous message. And they all made it. Paul, relaxing, taking time to relax, warming himself over the fire. What happened? The serpent came out and nabbed him. Just shake it off. Doesn't matter what the doctor said. Do you understand you're going to die? Doesn't matter. We get a nip and we're done. So when one's done, there's a thousand not going to be ministered to or a thousand not going to be chased away from somebody because you have a nip. Psalms 91.14, because he set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled 
principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. God says, behold, I give you power. To spoil principalities. Power means mastery, magistrate, superhuman. You understand, when I was a boy, I couldn't stand up in front of my class. I couldn't, I wouldn't. Whether my dad beat me or they beat me, because they did beat you back then. I didn't care. It wasn't a rebellious, so he's such a good, no, I was terrified to stand, turn around, face that class. I forget what I had to say, something I had to memorize. They said, well, you're not going out to recess all year. I said, I don't care. I'm not fine. I'll sit here. I was terrified. You don't think I was terrified hearing all them kids cry? Driving to an ER to a stranger, I'm like, go, what am I supposed what am I supposed to do? Total stranger. God has given us power. I didn't walk out of there saying, man, I'm awesome. No, I walked out of there drained. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow, Lord. Not even time to take a breath and get another call. And then another one, and another one, and another one. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That's what God says to you and I. Here's how I want to close. Please stand with me. <clears throat> Chase and Carrie get together and start praying. They can do some damage to the enemy. Why don't chase a thousand? Leviticus 26.8 says, And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousands to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. You quit walking by eyesight. You quit walking by CNN and Fox News. And you start walking by B-I-B-L-E news. Amen. It says, five of you, can you find five? Five of you shall chase a hundred, and then a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. It's how vital and important you are. I'm praying God arouses us. It's wonderful to know something. But it's no good if you don't do something after you know it. 
if you come to this altar, I'm going to ask that you would stand. And if you come to this altar and stand, I'm going to ask that you to raise your hands before the Lord. Because then we're going to pray. Psalms 144.1 says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teetheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Lord! And I do pray, God, don't let me be a coward. Don't let me freeze up. As soon as I get those calls, can you run? Can you get to the hospital? Run! Run! He's not going to make it. I'm going, God, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Lord, teach my fingers to fight. Give me a heart as a warrior, Lord. So I don't freeze up and hide, even though I'm well-armed. Our altars are open. If that's you, please come and stand. I want you to stay standing, if you just would, for a little bit, so that we can just lift our hands and pray. I'm serious. I am so serious about saying, Lord, Lord, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. You see, our, our church life has just been casual. It's just been sweet, hammock swinging, lemonade sucking, chicken fry social gatherings, roller skating, all that stuff, and there's nothing wrong, but that's what our life has been. And now the enemy's not at our door. He's kicked it down. And he's in our house. We need young people to lift their hands and say, Lord, teach my fingers. God, I've squandered so much time. Even though you've squandered time, I'm here to tell you the Bible says that God says, I'll give you back the years that you've horsed around, the years that you've squandered, the years that you just dilly-daddled and did what you want. God says, I'll give you back the years. I understand we have school people and administrators and teachers here. You're handcuffed to the neck with laws. But God will teach your fingers to fight. God will give you the ability to make war that we don't even know of. Let's quit thinking of man-made ways. All we have to do is call upon Almighty. My help cometh from the Lord. The Bible says who made heaven. He made heaven and earth. He made this earth. Let's raise those hands and let's pray to God. You pray out loud for your first time ever. You pray. Pray out loud and say, Lord, today you start to teach my hands. Father, we come to you now in the name of Almighty God. Lord, 
We know what we are. We know who we are. We know, Lord Jesus, that we don't have strength in our ability. We always fail you. But, God, we're lifting up our hands and our fingers, and we're praying, Lord, that you would teach us. You would teach our hands to war and our fingers to fight, oh, God, that we would come to this community, Lord. We would run to it when we hear the shots, oh, God. When we see the towers fall, Lord, we'd run to them, oh, God. When people's lives fall and crumble before them, Lord, we won't hide, oh, God in our houses. We would run to them. Lord, I pray that you would fill these people with the Spirit of Almighty God, Lord. Fill them with God the Holy Ghost now. A tangible feeling, Lord Jesus. No matter what they're going through, no matter what the doctor said, no matter what family problems they have, no matter who's not here, who should be here, who was here, teach them, O oh God. Teach your fingers to fight, O oh Lord. Lord, give them a heart to pursue. Lord, you've got to make us warriors, Lord. We're tired of being sissies and wimps, O oh God. Lord, put that inside of us that we will walk in the fire, Lord. We will walk through the flood, O oh God. We would reach your people. We would speak the word of Almighty God. O oh God, give new hope a heart. Lord Jesus, to pray. Give them a burden, oh God. Break their heart, Lord Jesus. Break their heart. Lord, we hear people weep and cry at all these funerals and these needless deaths. But Lord, we need to weep and cry at the altar. We need to seek you, Lord God. We need to come to you, oh God. Lord, you have called us to stand between the living and the dead. You have called us to stand between those who don't know. Oh, God, encourage our people, Lord. Hope deferred, make it the heart sick. Lord, I pray that you would stir them. Lord, if all their hearts are polluted and broken and spoiled and ruined, then give them new hearts, Lord. Give everyone new hearts here today that has come, that has professed, oh God. Teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Give us new hearts, Lord God, that are filled with the word of Almighty God. Lord, that we will sing for you. We will worship you. We will praise you, Lord. Lord, we will look for opportunities. Give them new hearts, oh God, new hearts. Lord, the Word of God says it. You and I are to give ourselves away. Not hoard everything, Lord, but to give ourselves away. God, that we would say, here am I. Use me, O God. Here am I, Lord Jesus. If you can use me, O God, use me. Here am I. Give yourself away. Not some cute song, some little sermon that we forget about before we go have dinner. Life-changing, power-changing. Give yourself away to God. Let God use you where you're at, who you are. He made you. He knows what you're made of. He knows what you can handle, what you can't handle. He knows your deficiencies. He knows you can't talk right, pronounce right. He knows maybe your education is that great. Don't read that swell. He knows if you're terrified and scared of your own shadow. He knows. Teach our fingers. Teach our hands to war and fight. Please, God, let this group respond to the word of Almighty God. Let them put actions to today, Lord. Action.
action, oh God. One of you, chase a thousand. One person, I can't even count how many's here. One of you. Oh, I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm trying to raise my children. Who gave you those children? Trust God. Offer, offer your heart to God. If you're not saved, get saved. Just tell the Lord, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I didn't know. I was lied to. No one told me. Now you're being told. Just ask God for forgiveness. Come into your life and heart and then offer it back to God. The last thing we need is another LeBron, Mickey Mantle. Michael Jordan. Don't use age either. Don't use age. Mary was a young virgin, conceived, bringing in the Son of God, a young virgin. David was a young teen when he took out Goliath. 